This is the city. It has a name, but no one calls it this. Everyone calls it simply the city, la ville. Does this add to its power? Diminish it? I know not. I do know that it is a city of mists, a city of rain. There is always the rain, there is always the mist, and I am forced to pull the wide, stiff cowl of my cloak up over my head to keep the damp from my face. The mist hides things here. Deeds, motives, secrets, people, souls. Here, on this rooftop, even now as I stand here with the narrow toes of my boots inches over the bare lip of concrete, here in the night and in the rain as things are about to happen, I think that I might be able to see through the mist, see through to the heart of the people trapped here, to see the truth. I want to know the truth, and then I want to change it. Perhaps I am fooling myself, pretending at agency, but still that is a story I must tell myself. For this city is a city of stories. The city is a story. And that story is a wolf that wants to chew us all up and spit us back out as mere echoes of our true selves. So I pull my crimson hood tighter to keep the mist from my eyes, and I say into the night, I will no longer be your prey. You shall be mine. That is when the bodies begin to rain down from the sky. It has begun. This is Gothic. This city is a haunted city, haunted by the people who live in it and by the people who no longer do. These phantoms go about their day-to-day, heads turned down to the sidewalk, hats pulled tight over brows, umbrellas or newspapers or boxes clutched and angled so as to ward off the perpetual mist and rain. This city is always slick and wet and waiting for someone to slip. So people watch their feet, and they mind their own business. Because of this, and because the mist can get into your brain, dig into your thoughts, and send them down paths not of your own volition, the ghosts of this city are not aware that some among them, some few, have cleared their heads, can see through the eternal impenetrable mist, see to a deeper truth, one where magic and wonder and horror and hell all swirl together on a playing field bigger than the average Jane and Joe of the city can comprehend. This is City of Mist. This is Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast. This season contains themes that may be disturbing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Hey there, Sojourners. Cast, welcome. To season four. Ooh. 
Season 4 has us adding in a new player, a new cast member. Eric, say hi. Hello, everybody. Eric comes to us from a gaming background, and he is, uh, I believe, quite excited for City of Mist this season. I hope so. Thrilled. It is useful. (laughs) We also have with us tonight our returning cast members, Sharon. Hello! It is I, Sharon. And Jesse. Hello again, all. Well, it's good to have you back. And joining us now and again, Kirsten. Hey, everybody. Woohoo! And of course, there's me. I'm your host and narrator, Patrick. So this season we are playing City of Mist, so let's get right on into it. Let us meet our City of Mist characters, those who live in this city of mist and rain, this noir city of its tall buildings and narrow alleys and streets with its strange cars, um, these art deco and chopped and lowered antiques that roam around the streets, and this weird combination of 30s and 40s sensibilities, maybe even a little 20s sensibilities in there, mixed in with a uh, more than a little bit of modern tech and activities. So, let's find out where our characters are at the moment. Let's get a feel for them. Sharon, Mm -hmm. take us into the life of Cadence Faye Jackson. Yeah, so Cadence uh, is actually spending the day moving uh, out of a house share that she shared with six other people and into a um a small i'm going to say a studio um apartment uh closer to the studio and uh by studio i mean not her apartment <laughs> she has a studio apartment but she is also a musician and show so therefore has a literal studio um but uh so uh cadence's band has actually been finding some success recently and with the uh income from that cadence is uh moving um so cadence is uh you know, uh, I would say on the short side of average, very, very, very dark skin. And the kind of long braids that are just like really tight, they start off almost like cornrows and then go trail down her back. And they're quite long, like waist length. Um, And they are dyed a stark uh, white, uh, as are her eyebrows. Um, And uh, Cadence whole outfit is uh, themed black and white. She's got these high-waisted slacks, which are held up by suspenders over a white uh, shirt with uh, little black pinstripes. And um, so Cadence is uh, in the process of unloading boxes from the back of her car and uh, carrying them up the stairs into her studio apartment. Is it just Cadence? Are there other people there helping or is... Yeah. I think this is kind of like the, uh, the housemates are helping Cadence move. Uh, or at least, you know, a few of them, probably, probably one or two could only show up as people sometimes do when you're moving to help you with like two boxes and then they have to take off again. Um, but you know, it's a lot of housemates, so, uh, she's used to people coming and going. And I think that, uh, unstated in the conversation in the day is kind of the, you know, oh yeah, we'll definitely get together. 
every week for game night the way we've always done. Yeah, we we it, it'll be no different, really. Jesse, take us into the life of Echo. So you see Echo mostly like through this glass doorway to the back of the shop, just watching them lock the doors finally and turn off the open sign. Um, Echo kind of walks back to the to the studio areas and goes back to what he was working on, knowing that he's going to have a little bit of peace and quiet now. He goes back and puts the headphones on and starts up the reel-to-reel again, and he just focuses, and he's listening to the music, fine-tuning all of the knobs and making sure all the pitches are just right. Um, and, and you see him bobbing his head a little bit, finding that right tune. Time passes. He finds that, saves it, moves on to the next thing. Um, and then, you know, after everybody else is gone and and Baz has, has done locked up everything for the night and said that everybody's gone, he, he takes his final, you know, throws his bag over his shoulder and and takes a walk through, you know, the rain back to his apartment where he just starts listening to some of his own music. He's he seems to always have a set of headphones on. This 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 kid is just all about the music and and making sure that he's producing the best product. Uh he's he's very plain. He's he's dressed drably, um very very inconspicuous, um just kind of like walks through life um observing everything around him but not really uh, absorbing anything around him. Um and that that's where Echo sits in life. All right, nice. And you mentioned Baz, so let's go over to Eric and let's meet Barry Baz Sunday. So Baz would start out his shift as a janitor, and you'd see him progress through it, I think. The first thing you'd notice about Baz is uh, his hunch. He was born with kyphosis, uh, hunchback syndrome. Uh, he'd probably be in the neighborhood of 6'2 if he were standing erect, uh, but uh, his, uh, he's bent nearly double at about the three quarters of the way up his back. If he didn't have uh, a flat cap kind of pulled down over the left side of his face pretty much all the time, you'd uh, much more starkly notice the semi-hideous scarring on the left side of his face, uh, kind of centered uh, just to the left side of his left eye, rendering the eye itself milky and that side of his face ridged and scarred. He pushes a janitor's cart, uh, you know, bristling with brooms and mops and, uh, and, a, and a big wastebasket, goes about his duties as un- unobtrusively as possible. He would, you know, on a different night, I think, than the one Echo was, uh, you know, working on on his sound projects, their sound projects, until Baz was ready to lock up. He would wait for a night when they were not doing that, and uh, Baz would push his cart into a closet, semi-surreptitiously, looking over <laughs> each shoulder, walk into the recording booth, which uh, would have, you know, still some instruments set up, and uh, would would just, you know, with gusto, but not necessarily precision, start start playing on the drum set, kind of feeling the rhythms even more than hearing them, uh, as he also has probably noticeable hearing aid. Uh, that he needs to be able to hear with any degree of clarity. Uh, after that, uh, he would uh, actually lock up the studio, walk onto the street, pad his pockets for bus fare, which he doesn't have, sigh, and uh, once again, keeping to the shadows as much as possible, uh, return to his uh, kind of Garrett-style apartment. Three of you work or play 
in a recording studio slash record shop. Um, what does that space look like? Um, I had an idea about this, actually, and you guys tell me if you agree. Uh, what if it literally actually used to be a, uh, like a, like a welding or a machining place, and, uh, <laughs> and we've converted it into a metal shop, metal the musical genre? <laughs> Oh, that's what I had envisioned as well. Okay, so, <laughs> perfect. I'm it. glad we were on the same wavelength there. And what is this? Um, what is this uh, record studio slash recording studio? Wait, record shop slash recording studio um, named the Metal Shop. The Metal Shop. <laughs> All right, but one of you does not work at the Metal Shop. One of you spends most of her time elsewhere, and that is. <clears throat> Ariel Farouche. Hello, I'm Ariel Farouche, and I have uh, grown up in the city and have always been a bit of an explorer. Uh, I've always gotten uh, into scrapes and out of scrapes again. Uh, now that I am grown up, I have taken my passion for exploration uh, in, onto the streets to work for a PI firm here and. I am very good at questioning people because they like to uh, see a pretty face and uh, they find me very trustworthy. So I, uh, I, I have good luck at my work. And uh, I have to say that uh, tonight you could find me walking down any dark alley, perhaps being the bait for some shady characters. And uh, they are about to see who is going to really be asking the questions here. Well. Now that we've had uh, sort of a introduction to our our gang, let us go to the metal shop. It is daytime, although that in the city doesn't mean a lot. An overcast is not an unusual thing. The mist here is not metaphorical. It is always misting in the city or raining outright. And in fact, this is one of those days of the latter where a steady rain is falling outside on the sidewalks and the streets of the city outside of the metal shop. A few customers have come in, not many, uh, browsing around looking for just the right piece of vinyl to play for whatever it is that they are looking for. All of these visitors have been wearing coats, large coats or raincoats. The women's coats seem to be a bit more plasticky, a bit shinier, um, although in muted colors, while the men's coats tend to be trench coats and augmented with with fedoras and other wide-brimmed hats, um, while the women are wearing smaller caps but carrying fashionable umbrellas and shaking those off as they come inside. There is an awning outside the door of the uh, shop of the studio, and rain pours down in rivulets off of it. You are all here. Um, What are you doing? Now that you're all together in this space, especially some some of you don't actually work here. Work here, correct? Uh, Eric, remind me: Does Baz like uh, work uh, 
uh, his janitorship is in the shop, or does he does he like is he like the um what's the word I'm looking for the cashier also? So he's in charge of uh, of cleaning and maintenance, basically. Okay. Uh, I think a clerk job would would definitely freak him out. <laughs> okay. In the main store, then where the where the vinyl is sold. That is uh, probably, then you're going to probably have a clerk um, there, correct? Or is that going to be Echo? I was going to say I could do that. Or we could put in chips. Norm- normally, Echo doesn't uh, work in the front. Um, he's He's been through some training. He's been through some schooling. He's a very accomplished sound engineer. So he, he spends, a, they spend a lot of their time back in the sound booth, like, assisting and and um progressing the lives of other people in their music careers. But the boss does every once in a while happen to like drag us to different aspects and I will clerk and I'll talk up the music. I I'm all good with that. And who is that boss? Echo. We just call him Cal. <laughs> I think his last name is Weathers. Yeah, Mr. Weathers. Cal. Sure, I like that. All right. And is uh, Cal there a lot or not? Cal usually arrives doing like shipments of like new new equipment or or the big releases. Um, he's kind of a face. He's a front. He he is the he's the he's the very charismatic one that runs the shop, but uh, is not there as often as should be. All right, so Cadence, you put in uh, part time as a clerk here at the uh, at the uh, metal shop on the um, vinyl side. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I was picturing. So I'm sat behind the clerk's station, and I've got my feet up on the counter, my bass in my lap, and I'm kind of figuring out some riffs as I watch people move around the shop. You're not the only clerk, though, surely. What's uh, who's the other clerk that works here? Well, it's funny you should say that because her name is Shirley. Yeah, she's a little, uh, <laughs> sorry, Jesse. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she's, uh, she was, um, a kid looking for work and, uh, had some experience as a, a barista. So we hired her. She knows how to handle money and she knows how to smile real big at people. You're up there in the front, Cadence, mm-hmm. and Shirley is, is re-alphabetizing uh, some of the records in the big bins that are up there. When the bell over the door uh, rings and you see uh, Fender Jacks come in. Uh, Fender is a tall character. He has spiky black hair, three nose rings uh, on one side. And uh, he is the lead singer of a uh, heavy metal band called uh, Salmon Explosion. Uh, Today he is dressed as he usually is, which is shirtless. He has a lot of tattoos. Um, Shirtless, uh, but with a leather vest festooned with a lot of random pins. Just a lot of random stuff. There's a lot of um, kawaii, uh, you know, images. The... Japanese cutesy figures, um, and also a lot of fish and uh, a lot of um, buttons that just have big tongues on them. And a lot of kawaii fish. Yeah, yeah, I respect the look. Not kawaii fish. 
<laughs> Those are separate things. <laughs> no, fish who are drawn in the kawaii style. No, I, I get it. And uh, he says, um, he looks around and uh, sees you behind the uh, counter with the base. And uh, he goes, hey. I stand up and, uh, you know, greet him with a cool handshake. Hey, yeah, I've got a recording. Do I just go on back? Uh, you've got a recording. Do you just go on back? Well, uh, we're, uh, we're not scheduled for anything today. Have you contacted Mr. Weathers and made sure that this is all, uh, all above board? Yeah, I'm, I'm scheduled. Hey, man, I'm scheduled. Do I know that? Is he, like, <laughs> does he, because a recording studio, like, what if there was somebody back there? Like, are we ready for a band to, to go back there? So, like, is he telling the truth to me on, on that? I think there would be a log of, like, time slots. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, in fact, he, he isn't on it. Um, you, you have the log up, up here in the front, and he's on there for tomorrow. He's not on for today. Well, Jax, um, I don't know if it was a clerical error on our part or yours, but I have you in for tomorrow. And oh, man, it's, it's got to be today, right? Uh, oh, man, I'm Why, all man? messed What's up. up. No, 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 it's, it, it's not that. I just thought it was today. I, you know, it's really thrown me off. Yeah, yeah no, be... listen, man, it happens to all of us. Don't worry about it. No, 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 not that, not that. Um, I mean, I just had a weird morning, that's all. Oh, yeah? You know, sit down for a little bit and take some, uh, take some, take some time out of your day to tell a little bit of your weird morning to your old friend. I guess if it's you know, since I don't have no recording today, can you get me in? I mean, I was just gonna do some solo riffs. Uh, it wouldn't take a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're not set up to to uh, to record yet, but I could uh, I could give Echo a. a uh, do we have like texting? <laughs> I could I could shoot a echo a message and and uh, get us set up for you, but you know it's gonna take a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sure, that'd be great. I really appreciate it. Um, and while you're doing, I mean, you you send off the you know text message. Okay. <laughs> the the thing is that it's uh, you have texting, uh, but it's in like a typewriter or something. <laughs> <laughs> There is this weird mix of of technologies. Uh, there are Telegram. the big old royal <laughs> typewriters around, um, but there's also oh, it should be one of those like suction tubes that I put a yeah, little message into exactly it, and it like <laughs> that's it's totally even a phone. <laughs> one of those big wooden box phones on the wall with the earpiece that you <laughs> yeah, take with the off earpiece and you, that you have pick to up. talk into the bell mouthpiece. I was thinking just one of those things that you would have in like a big house where like it's it's literally like those things at playgrounds where you speak into the cup at one end and you can hear it from the cup at the other end. Then that's exactly what you have. Um, so you pull the essentially the cup and string down from the wall. It's of course <laughs> resin and and a nice you know cabling and you have to. Um, you have to like turn a wheel to um, ramp it up in power, and then you call back, and uh, and that can be picked up by Echo back in the back. Hi ho, calling for Echo. Of course, it takes me a moment. I'm hoping there's some kind of light switch <laughs> to like yeah. flash like near it. It doesn't ring like... back there because it's the yeah. sound studio. But exactly. Uh, but there is a, a red light starts flashing by the uh, intercom system, and it turns out to be uh, Cadence. 
uh, hey, Echo, could you set up a, a booth for just a solo? Uh, we've got uh, Fender Jackson here, wants to record just a few riffs, he says. Fender? I thought Fender wasn't going to be here till tomorrow. Yeah, no, he's not. But listen, I know on the schedule we're, uh, we're pretty empty until, uh, until later in the day, and uh, we could fit him in, yeah? Well, I, I, I think I might actually be finishing up pretty quickly here. Um, so it's possible to get him back um, until the next appointment. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd let him know it would be a while. He can hang out. I mean, does he just want to move the whole session to today? Uh, I covered the thing with my hand. Offender, do you just want to move the whole thing to today? Oh, man, uh, I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know. Maybe some of the others were coming, too. I don't remember. Well, let's, uh, let's keep, keep you on the books for tomorrow, and, uh, you know, you can cancel later. How about that? That's, that's great. Uh, no, Echo, we're gonna keep him on the books yeah, for tomorrow. Yeah, I got tomorrow. it. Tell him- All right. Hey, I got all that. Tell him he's good. We'll just lay down his tracks, and then we can work in the others as needed. All right, sounds good. Uh, let me know when you're ready for him. I will. So while Echo is working on getting everything set up for Fender Jacks to be able to come back and lay down some riffs, um, he he does. He sits on the edge of the of the desk of the counter, and um, he like runs fingers through his spiky hair, and he says, "Yeah, you know, I." Uh, I just could have sworn I saw my ma- uh, my grandma today. Weirdest oh, thing. But hasn't your grandma? Uh, she she's not with us anymore, is she? I know she ain't. Now that's I, I appreciate you remembering that. Yeah, I know. I thought you uh, I thought you told me about that. So what uh, uh, what happened? Was it just someone in the crowd who looked like her from behind? Well, no. That's the weird thing. Um, I was coming here. No, wait. That's not right because. I was not coming here because it's not tomorrow. I was coming here. No, I was coming here tomorrow. No, it was today. I, I was headed um, to a coffee shop uh, just down the block. That's what it was. And I was getting ready to go in. And I heard this engine. And, oh, it sounded like a real nice purr. And... I turn my head, and down beside me goes right along the street, comes purring this real pretty motorcycle. Um, rain splashing off of it, um, black and with some silver highlights on it. I got a real mm. good look at it because it was real, real pretty. And I'm looking at the rider, you know, as you do, and wearing, you know, motorcycle leathers, uh, pants and boots and and a leather jacket, and uh, and had this half helmet on, and and I swear that was my grandmother. Uh yeah, man. I don't know. Your grandmother rode a motorcycle. She did not. Ah, uh, that's uh. Anyway, it all it got me all confused because she smiled at me and and gave a little wink, and then. She was driving on by, and I was—I just stared until, uh, oh, and then this lorry came by and splashed water on me, uh, man. And then, and then I—I got—that's when I got all confused, and I—I—I I, uh, I came here, yeah, thinking it was uh, tomorrow. Completely forgot about my coffee. You do seem a little—you uh, do seem like uh, you know—you're never the same without your first cup, you know. Oh, don't I know? 
And yeah, man, shakes his head. Uh, we probably have a coffee coffee machine in the uh in the studio. I can't imagine you would. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I'll uh uh you know turn to it and pour them. This is probably coffee that's been reheated maybe a couple of times, so it's not the best. But uh, here, listen, Fender, let me get you some uh some little something there, some caffeine. So what? Your grandmother never rode a, a motorcycle, but you think she came up and smiled at you. Yeah. Well, that's just odd. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. It, it's like, it's real odd. <laughs> so this is back <laughs> in the studio. So um, now, listeners at home, as usual, you can't see the fact that um, Jesse is <laughs> losing his freaking mind. I am laughing so hard <laughs> because in, in some ways I'm like, is this LJ? but um so echo is going to be back there too so in city of mist we have the spotlight on various characters at given moments i think we've given um cadence a fair spotlight here you hear this conversation going on back here echo Uh, what's your what's your take would i really have heard i i guess uh, character wise i think he would be folk they would be focused on more finishing up what the the project that he's currently working on. Am I walking right. in on the conversation? I guess is the big question. Well, no, they've come back into the um, into the studio where the coffee machine is. Oh, like a green room kind of thing. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Shirley, can you take over the the front desk for a second? I I can. Just don't call me Shirley. No, that's your name, sweetheart. I know it's a joke. <laughs> Oh, uh, you a get me every one. time. <laughs> so, you ready to lay down those tracks? And so, you go on with the afternoon. Fender Jacks records, but the story has stuck with you. Because it's not the first story that you have heard along those lines. And certainly not the first you have heard since the reign of bodies a few weeks ago, a rain of bodies from the sky that fell upon the city and resulted in a very busy news cycle for a day or two. And then it all sort of just faded away as things have a tendency to do here in the city, especially when those things are strange beyond the ordinary. And by the end of Fender Jax's recording session, he no longer remembers having seen his grandmother uh, driving down the street on the back of a sleek Art Deco motorcycle. Ariel, what is your day looking like here? Um, Where are you here in the daytime in the city while these events are transpiring over at the metal shop. I'm at the PI firm where I work and I'm getting into a bit of an argument with my boss. (laughs) He is giving me a bit of the, reading me a bit of the riot act, you say, about how I operate. He doesn't like all of my methods, shall we say. What is it he doesn't like about your methods? He thinks maybe that I am a little 
bit too uh, reckless that I go off on my own and don't maybe check in as much as I should. Uh, what is uh, your boss's name? Uh, everyone just calls him Mr. Fish. <laughs> Mr. Fish? I have no idea if this is really his name. His first name is Bad. <laughs> <laughs> That is only what I call him in my head. <laughs> what is the agency called? Uh, this is the Irving Street Investigations. And Mr. Fish normally doesn't really question much what I do because I have such good result. But, um, but he was perhaps less pleased with a certain client getting back to him about the about my method of questioning. Now, was this a um, an investigation you were doing that was related to the rain, or is it something unrelated? This was something completely unrelated. Uh, uh, it's been on the books for a while, and we weren't getting anywhere. So, yes. I... So you might have gone a little bit... Uh, a little a bit little strong bit arm. Overboard, perhaps, but... Uh, but... I got. I finally got an answer, and we're ready to move forward. And Baz, uh, are you at the shop at the uh, studio? Yes, Baz would be uh, behind uh, the scenes. He'd be cleaning. He'd be fixing whatever needed to be fixed. He'd, uh, you know, maybe be installing some new soundproofing material, something like that. The day progresses. You do the activities that you would do around the uh, studio and the shop. Customers come in and leave. But you do realize, because you, you three, we've all four of you really, but uh, Ariel's not here, that whatever it was that happened to Fender Jacks, it has been covered up the way that things happen in this town. It has been faded from his memory. And that makes it of interest to you because a lot of things have been faded from people's memory. You've begun to notice them more and more ever since the reign of bodies. You all had someone in that reign that you knew. Who were those people? Baz? That would be Mr. Singh, my landlord. I don't see him too much. Normally only once or twice a month, but he's always there, and he's always been quick to, to fix things when, when I needed help uh, with the apartment, and it, it was a great loss. What about you, Echo? It just so happened to be um, my sister, Christina. Um, we were very close since uh, our parents kind of uh, died in a, in a horrible accident um, when, we were, when we were just like four and six. So we, we've been all we've had for each other since, as far as I can remember, really. And Cadence? It was one of my housemates. Um, her name was uh, Hannah, and uh, uh, things got weird in the house. This is part of the reason why I moved out, even though I would never say so to my housemates, who I still want to maintain a good relationship with, um, that uh, after a reign of bodies, you know, we were... The first couple of days just in shock, and then nobody else remembered her at all. Because remembering her would have meant remembering her absence, and they didn't seem capable of doing that. And I just couldn't handle that anymore. 
And what about you, Ariel? I don't have very many friends and I live alone. So my ties aren't many, but I did recognize one face in that reign of bodies. And that is unfortunately my tailor uh, that I was very close to because I have very specific requirements for what I wear on assignments. And uh, and we had developed a very good relationship, and I was very disturbed to see see them fall from the sky. What was his name? Uh, their name was uh, was Holland. 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 Holland White. At the studio, let me try that in a darker noir tone of voice. At the studio, what do you want to do about this? This is a lead. You haven't had many breaks lately in trying to figure out what really happened with the reign of bodies. There were all sorts of explanations at the time. The city government came out on the the news and said it was an airplane accident, which appears to be the final call. I mean, whenever anybody does remember it, they say something like, oh, that airplane accident, that was tragic, wasn't it? And they all say more or less the same things. Oh, that airplane accident. That was tragic, wasn't it? No matter who it is, no matter where you encounter them. But there were plenty of others in that first couple of days, plenty of other explanations, anything from freak weather to to aliens <laughs> to heaven giving up its dead. Nice. So the three of you are there in the studio. What do you do with this? Uh... I'm probably writing down all of the details that I could get from uh from Fender just for ourselves. No, that's good because Echo would would have totally like held their tongue until Fender left to actually um step up to you and and confront you and ask you questions about the conversation. Yeah, um could could I say that I was kind of like hanging out with Fender while he was doing his recording and like in between just like you know, what did the motorcycle look like? Was it cool? Like, you know, did she at least have good taste in motorcycles? Uh, you know, but trying to get trying to get details. Go ahead and give me an investigate role. Our first role of season four, our first role of City of Mist. Now, do you have any tags that you feel would would apply here? Yeah, I do. I have a tag uh, called Charming um, from my personality theme book. And um, so I think that's a pretty clear one. Ooh, that is a sweet ride. Holy moly. I want that motorcycle. Dang. This thing for our listeners looks like it's made out of teardrops with a, like a, like an orange leather seat. It's so cool looking. This is a freebie, the the general description of the motorcycle. It is a sleek, swept-back creature of combined teardrops, essentially, or raindrops, perhaps. Mm. The front wheel is almost part of the teardrop shape that sweeps back from it, with a couple more um, teardrops on either side to provide cover for the shifter and the other mechanical portions of the motorcycle. The windscreen is also swept back over the handlebars. Uh, That all goes back behind the single headlight 
all of this um, going back into the final teardrop shape in the in the rear of the bike, where you have a uh, an orange leather seat. Uh, but yes, all of it sweeping back and all of it looking very very streamlined, mm-hmm. swift. So, what did you get for your investigate role? Have you? Did you just come up with the one tag? I just came up with the one. I have other tags that I was trying to remember what I meant by them, but I think charming is the only one that's like obviously applicable here. Uh, so I rolled a seven. It looks like total. Uh, actually, you rolled a, a four and a one plus your one power that you have added. Oh, so your total okay, result there you is can see. a six. A six. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, so that's the total, not the. Uh, okay, gotcha. So what we have here is a downbeat. So this works a lot like Monster of the Week, which we have played before a few times. On a six or less, I get to do bad things in the world. On a seven to nine, you get a mixed success. Or in the case of investigating things, you get um, um, information. Uh, and on a uh, 10 plus, then you get uh, success and possibly even some add-ons of things. So in this case, you, you're asking him questions, but as you're asking, he gets fuzzier and fuzzier about it. Um, mm-hmm. Less and less information is coming across until finally he goes... What are you asking about my my poor dead grandmother for, man? That's uh, that's just rude. And uh, he just sort of clams up about the whole business as far as any further questions go. Okay. But you got a fair description of the bike, and of course you you have a information about his grandmother um, mm-hmm. that you had previously acquired. That is a fairly uh unique look for a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Not completely unusual in the city, but uh but it does sound like it would stand out. So that's about all the lead you've got there. Okay. So I feel like during this time Baz would have been uh alert to, you know, something out of the ordinary going on in that Cadence was spending so much time with this person and probably trying to to listen in while remaining unseen. Mm-hmm. If that fits with the story and, and there's no role involved, uh, then, you know, maybe we can just consider Baz to be filled in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, would that be a sneak around? Um, I don't think that's required. Even if you're spotted, there's not going to be any negatives really involved in that. And so there's nothing really that uh, that needs to, you know, happen there. You could theoretically... Uh, do a move called Change the Game and uh, and try to give Cadence a little bit of aid there at that point and bought mm-hmm. some what's called juice in right. order to uh, affect things in uh, one way or another. Well, so if, I mean, if that's still a viable alternative, then he might actually kind of shuffle in uh, to the, the studio on a break between takes or whatever they recall, they call it in the recording industry, and and try and focus in on the whole uh, bow wave from the lorry uh, concept. Mm. Okay, what is it you want to focus in on about that? Baz thinks that uh, the constant precipitation, uh, the the 
the getting washed basically uh with water whether it's it's the the rain falling from the sky all the time or you know or the that wave in particular in Jax's case you know that that's having an impact on people's ability to uh to remember uh, these events that you know somebody seems to want to hide uh so you know he would he would kind of you know, uh when when did uh, you start to have uh, have trouble remembering what uh, what you saw, Jax. So you're you're pushing that aspect. So you have you you uh, revved up some juice here. What what are you thinking? You want to use that for, or do you yet? Uh, so I think that the power tag uh, that would have applied, and sorry, I didn't I didn't use the system correctly. Uh, would have been research skills uh, because he would have been kind of you know incorporating what he'd been listening in on. <laughs> to uh you know to uh get some more information about this uh so that would probably be a power of one uh so i think that means juice one yeah you would have generated one juice with that you know he would he would kind of hope that that question would would sort of spark uh cadence to continue the conversation uh or jog jax's memory in some way you know and and he would apply that uh kind of a, a status of let's see what would a status be to kind of redirect the questioning <laughs> uh to try to focus, focus the investigation the... <laughs> could redirect itself be a tag yeah it could you know? um we can we can yeah let's call it that let's go let's call it redirect the uh questioning um okay. and kind of redirect it in this case actually still toward things that he knows but actually about the uh you know lori and and that bit there rather than about the grandmother on the motorcycle um and with that uh you also get actually uh, baz you will have gotten two juice for that because you got okay. a 10 or better and mm. your power was one because you used your research methods mm -hmm. and then you uh get the extra because of the uh, 10 plus did you want to use that tag then for that investigation to get it up to the seven to nine yeah and if possible if i can you know hang on to that other juice for this scene to maybe ask another uh, sure. question or, or yeah. help out in some way. Uh, go ahead, uh, Cadence, and make your questioning apply with this aid. So it's kind of moving away from the grandmother, more about the situation to, uh, generally. And the question you asked, Baz, was uh, when did you start forgetting or when did you get like get hazy about it? Yeah. When did you start to forget uh, the, the things about your grandmother? Was it after this, uh, the, the Lori? Uh, washed you with the, the, the mud puddle? Oh, man. Uh... So I'm going to do it kind of weird. I'm going to say that you asked that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Fender, he, he looks confused and goes, uh, man, I'm not forgetting anything about any of this. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there was the motorcycle rider. And then I got, you know, I mean, what really threw me off was I got splashed by that water. And that's what I think that's what threw me off all day, man, where I got turned around and got to see in tomorrow was today, you know. But anyway, yeah, it was one of those um, um, one of those Ivy Corp uh, lorries. And uh, and yeah, so there were like these motorcycles on both sides of it. That was that was funny. Like they need an armed guard or something. Yeah. Who the hell would splash a splash a guy standing on the curb anyway? Yeah, the I know, man. What the driver looked like? Was he like a total mook? Oh no, man! It had those uh, those um, um, what do they call them? Uh, smoked windows, like all those uh, Ivy Corps trucks have. 
Ah, one of those Baz fancy pulls guys. pulls out a notebook and writes Ivy Corp, question mm-hmm. mark, exclamation point, exclamation <laughs> point, exclamation <laughs> point. Star, star, smiley face, thumbs up emoji. He doesn't come up with much more information and starts forgetting about the van. All right. There was a van. <laughs> yeah, Echo, Ivy Corp. <laughs> The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor, LLC, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. Voilà, c'est la ville. Il a un nom, mais personne ne l'appelle ainsi. Tout le monde l'appelle simplement la ville. Cela ajoute-t-il à sa puissance Le diminuer Je ne sais pas. Je sais que c'est une ville de brume, une ville de pluie. Il y a toujours la pluie, il y a toujours la brume, et je suis obligée de tirer le capuchon large et raide de mon manteau sur ma tête pour garder l'humidité de mon visage. La brume cache des choses ici, des actes, des motifs, des secrets, des personnes, des âmes. Ici, sur ce toit, même maintenant que je me tiens ici avec les orteils étroits de mes bottes poussent sur une lèvre nue de béton. Ici, dans la nuit et dans la pluie, alors que les choses sont sur le point d'arriver, je pense que je pourrais peut-être voir à travers la brume voir à travers au cœur des gens piégés ici, pour voir la vérité. Je veux connaître la vérité, et puis j'ai envie de la changer. Peut-être que moi je trompe ou que je fais à l'agence. Mais encore, c'est l'histoire que je dois me dire. Car cette ville est une ville d'histoire. Cette ville est une histoire. Et l'histoire est un loup qui veut nous mâcher tous ils nous recrachaient tous comme des simples échos de notre vrai moi. Alors je resserre mon capuchon cramosi pour garder la brume de mes yeux, et je dis doucement dans la nuit, « Je ne vais plus être votre proie. Tu seras à moi. » C'est alors que les corps commencent à pleuvoir du ciel invisible. Ça a commencé.